Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, November 17th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Alibaba's stock tanked after it announced some bad news yesterday, and EY has a new CEO. But can she solve the firm's biggest challenge? was planning to do a very big transaction. It was going to sell off its uh, consulting business, but that plan collapsed. Plus, low-income households in the UK are getting hit hard by the Bank of England's rate rises. I'm Sonia Hudson, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Alibaba announced yesterday that it was ditching plans to spin off its cloud computing business. This didn't go over well with investors. U.S. shares in Alibaba fell almost 10%. Here to talk more about this is the FT's China technology correspondent, Eleanor Olcott. Hi, Eleanor. Hi. So what were the main takeaways that we learned from Alibaba's announcement yesterday? So Alibaba's business is in a really difficult position. Alibaba was the poster child for China's explosive economic growth. Year in, year out, we saw double-digit growth, mostly coming from its uh, booming e-commerce business. But over the past few years, it's become the unwanted poster child of the country's sluggish economic growth. So in March this year, following China's reopening, Alibaba embarked on an ambitious restructuring to turn this whole narrative around. And it announced plans to split up its $220 billion empire into six separate business units. But what's really happened in the intervening months is investor enthusiasm for China's reopening story has really fallen off a cliff as it's become clear that lockdowns were papering over more systemic problems with the economy. And so it's cancelled plans to spin off its cloud business and also cancelled plans to list its grocery business as well. Yeah, what happened with the plans to spin off the cloud business? So Alibaba said that they wanted to unlock shareholder value. And so the the plans to spin off the cloud business, which was once fated as a big kind of growth driver for the company, was supposed to make it more dynamic. What's happened in, in the intervening period is, is you've... Uh, not only seeing a huge amount of um, difficulty for small and medium enterprises who are an important customer for, for AliCloud, but also U.S. tightening export controls on crucial semiconductors that go into cloud computing services. And uh, Alibaba has just said um, that this will impact their future ability to service their customers. And like I mentioned earlier, this announcement had a huge impact on the share price. What about it specifically got investors so spooked? The announcement is confirmation that the breakup isn't going to plan and the company is going to have to go back to the drawing board to find a new growth story. And quite frankly, I think given the amount of headwinds that Alibaba is facing, investors are just not convinced that they they can create a new growth story. To add to the share price's difficulties, Jack Ma, the enigmatic founder of, of this company, his family trust announced that they were selling 10 million shares, uh, which didn't help um, investor sentiment on Alibaba yesterday. Does this tell us anything bigger about the Chinese economy or doing business in China? 
I think it tells you that investor confidence in the China growth story is really weak right now. The Hong Kong listing environment has been anemic this year. And it's just very, very difficult to get investors after they've dealt with such a bruising regulatory crackdown on tech two years ago, plus all of the negative news you're seeing on economic growth to buy into China tech, despite the fact it was such a persuasive investor story for for a good two decades. Eleanor Olcott is the FT's China technology correspondent. Thanks so much. Thank you. The Bank of England's interest rate increases are starting to leave their mark, and the people getting hit the hardest are low-income borrowers. New research shows that more than half of UK mortgage holders who are less well-off have fallen behind on at least one of their bills. Inflation is also putting a lot of strain on these low-income households. The vast majority of them said they were going without basic necessities like food and warm clothes. EY picked a new leader this week. Janet Troncali is the first woman to lead a big four firm, and she's taking over at a rocky time for EY. I'm joined now by the FT's U.S. accounting editor, Stephen Foley. Hey, Stephen. Hi there. Great to join you. So give us some background on this selection. Why was EY picking a new leader to begin with? Okay, well, EY's just been through the fire. It was planning to do a very big transaction. It was going to sell off its uh, consulting business, uh, which is uh, more than half of the business. It was going to spin it off as a separate company, something that would reshape the accounting profession for a generation. But that plan collapsed in some uh, acrimony back in April. And Carmine DeCibio, who's been the global CEO, has decided to retire a year early. And that's what uh, has caused this quite exciting leadership race. So what do we know about the new CEO, Trancale? So Janet Trancale is uh, currently in charge of the America's Financial Services Organization, which is the uh, consulting and audit practice that deals with EY's financial services clients, the big banks and the like. Uh, so that's a large part of uh, EY's business in the US. And she's a, she's an ally of uh, Carmine DeCibio. She was in favor of the uh, split. So now the, uh, the question is, how will she approach picking up the pieces, trying to heal some of the divides inside this firm and uh, thinking, the strategy going forward. Yeah, how do you think she's going to approach that? Well, everyone tells me that uh, people internally would like a period of healing and certainly building uh, fences between uh, the global leadership and the US is going to be vitally important for getting any agreement on a new strategy. But some of the logic that led to the global leadership wanting to split this firm in two still stands. There are lots of rules that prevent conflicts of interest and stop this firm from selling consulting services to its audit clients uh, and vice versa. And uh, the logic suggested that both sides of the firm would grow faster separately. So the question is, can another kind of deal be done? And that part of the business, the consulting business, has been hit hard across the board recently. You know, we've talked on the show about how the big four have all had layoffs in this area. What sort of position is Trunkale walking into in that regard with EY? 
Well, as you say, it is a very difficult time for some of these consulting businesses. Audit, that's great. Every company in the world has to audit their figures. That bankrolls these companies. It's the consulting side of the business that's much more cyclical. The question is whether or not these firms can be reshaped to take advantage of an upturn when it comes. Very competitive landscape when it comes to IT consulting, for example, and uh, EY in particular feels like it's got its hands tied behind its back. It audits most of the large technology companies, and that means it can't sell consulting services that involve those. That's one of the reasons we keep looping back to this question about whether the company should be split in two, and we'll be following it in the coming uh, months and years. Stephen Foley is the FT's U.S. accounting editor. Thanks, Stephen. No problem. Thanks very much. You can read more on all these stories at ft.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Kasha Brusalian, Mark Filipino, Fiona Simon, and me, Sonia Hudson. Our engineer is Monica Lopez. We had help this week from Josh Gabbert-Doyon, Manuela Saragossa, Sam Giovinco, David De Silva, Michael Lello, Peter Barber, and Gavin Kalman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.